Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And we are here with Lockie McBean. The uh, everyday legend, beer farmer, uh, <laughs> owner and creator of Grain Fed Brewing Company. Gents, how are you going? Yeah, good. <laughs> good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming over. That's all right. Uh, everyone would have heard my uh, finger resting on the drum button just then <laughs> during the intro. You can tell you're on the beers, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great day. <laughs> this is a good, um, a good. Good thing to start with. Actually, what are we drinking right so, now? So, yeah. yeah, what we're drinking there is um, a Plan B. So, it's my mid-strength. Yeah. It's uh, a 3.3% um, pale ale. Yep. So, pretty lightly hopped and um, pretty easy drinking. Oh, just yeah. For, uh, so, I, I sort of worked, reverse engineered it. So, I, yeah, I, right. when I go, we live around the corner from the Blind Monk up here. Yep. Um, and every time we go up there, there's all these big, beer, big alcohol beers. And my wife's always saying to me, oh, what's... Uh, how many standard drinks have I had? And I say, what are you drinking? And she's like, oh, I was like, oh, look at it on the board. It's like 8.3. So, oh, yes. <laughs> You've got a couple. So I, I reverse engineered. So I thought, well, I'll make a mid-strength and I'll go, why don't I make, when if you have one schooner of it, it's one standard drink. So that's what, 3.3%. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So you can keep up, yeah. you know. We we'll do the counting for you. Like yeah, you just count to one. Yeah, <laughs> one drink. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I've had one drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> I can appreciate that. It's multiple, multiples of one. Yeah. I, look, yeah. I always tell my friends I don't count on the weekends because yeah, they always yeah, ask yeah, me to count the bill and stuff. I'm like, no, nope. no, that's that's Monday to Friday, nine to five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you call me at the wrong time here. Yeah. So yeah. today is another uh, episode of our brewing a business series. Got some uh, wind just picking up then. Yeah, so today's ep- another episode about brewing a business, uh, the episode where we speak to business owners about their journey. And today is especially good episode of brewing a business because it's with an actual brewer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. We're actually brewing a business about a brewing business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, throughout the episode, it must be said, uh, we may sample various beers yep, as we well. Um, yep. On the uh, YouTube video that we'll be posting, you can see there are... Uh, some lovely canned beverages here mm-hmm. from Grainfed. <laughs> <laughs> here are some we prepared earlier. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you get to watch us enjoy and taste some beer and, and progressively get more tipsy <laughs> throughout the episode. Yeah, that'll be yeah. good. Looking forward to it. Lucky you've got a driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we start all of the brewing of businesses with why? Because we think purpose is central to yep. running a successful business. Yep. Um, and so, I think you, you've been on a long journey with beer throughout yep. your life. Yep. And not just drinking it, but yep. like making it, yep. um, judging it. Yep. Um, so, I guess, give us a bit of the background of your journey in the industry and, and then why you decided to start Grain Fed. Good question. <laughs> so, I've actually... Where did it all start? When it comes to why, like I've actually done... I've seen... I've actually seen quite a few, done quite a few videos, seen for quite a few videos on Simon Sinek and he, yes. talked, that's yeah. his thing, right? Talking yeah. about the why. Yes. And I still, like that was like four years ago and I'm still trying to work it out. But when I think about it, like, you're, I'm probably overanalyzing it. And at the end yeah. of the day, um, I mean, I'll start with that and then I'll go back to how I started. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I just want to, I, I know I have the ability and I have a talent for making good quality beer. Mm. Um and when I started, I was just like, well, how come all this beer's coming in from everywhere else into mm. Newcastle and no True. one in Newcastle is making yeah. a decent quality beer? I mm. mean, we had, mm. there was a brewery up the road at Bob's Farm and they're still going. But, um, uh, you know, in 2012, I started this. So I was really the first um, local brewer yeah. to bring out a beer and, and name, it with t- name it to Newcastle. Because I, yeah, nice. I was like, well, this is crazy, you know. We're the second biggest city in New South Wales. True, mm. yeah. Big, big beer drinking town. All this craft yep. beer was coming in from everywhere else. Yeah. And um, I just thought, well, it's silly. So, yeah. So, yep. I mean, basically how I got into beer was um, uh, I started home brewing at university in 1993. Yep. Uh, I was doing uh, horticulture down in Wagga Wagga. Yeah, right. Um, just because, you know, I was a... a 
bog poor student and I didn't have much money, so I started <laughs> home brewing. And then, um, nice. so this is like cheaper then, beers to drink. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, obviously all my mates came and drank it quickly, and all of a sudden, it took me two, three weeks, and you just drink it in a night. You know? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, and then just and then just start. You know, started with a, a, a can of syrup and a, a kilo of sugar, and put it in, mix it with water, and let it ferment. And yeah. it was probably terrible, but. Um, <laughs> But you could drink it. Yeah, yeah, you could drink it. So it was drinkable. So, yeah, yeah. got you drunk. So, yeah, so then then it just progressed from there. And then I uh, went to a beer dinner in, in, and then I moved um, from Wagga, moved back to Sydney, then down to the Southern Highlands. Uh, And I went to a beer dinner in Barrel. It was a James Guy beer dinner. And the brewer there was a head brewer of Malt Shovel. And I started talking to him and I said, How'd you get in the industry? And he said, Oh, I studied at University of Ballarat. And so that night I went home and enrolled and then found out within a couple of weeks that I got in. So then that was 2003. So I got in the 2004 intake and then Ballarat with a head sponsor for the Australian Beer Awards and Australian Beer Awards happened on a Thursday in Melbourne and then on Friday there was a trade show. Um, head, Head... lecturer sent an email out the week before said if anyone wants a trade ticket let me know and i was like does anyone ever got a job that way and they're like nah and i was like right let's go so (laughs) my wife and my 17 year old who's who was then four months went down to melbourne and i just walked around every stall and just said i want to i want a job i want to get in the industry and the guys from blue tongue um were were down there nice and that's That's cool for someone uh, sent a resume on the Sunday when I got back and then I had to come up for Newcastle to do some I was selling trees for my dad's business I was a sales manager we yep. sold quite a few trees to Newcastle Council I said look I've got a meeting with Newcastle, Newcastle Council in two weeks so yep. they said we'll come up and they took me out to dinner at Paul's Asian Affair and um, <laughs> and yeah gave me the gave me the job at dinner Actually, which was that? pretty awesome that yeah. is amazing so uh, yeah and then Moved up here July 2004 and then worked for Blue Tongue for six years and then left when sort of got all corporate and then uh, looked after my kids full time from then and still do and well they're you know they're older now but um, I think they were seven, five and two yeah Um, now they're yeah eighteen, seventeen and nearly fourteen so yeah right. yeah, and then started this business in 2012 for that reason because I was just like, well, and so I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have the money or the capital to invest in a, in equipment. Mm. Yeah, sure. And I just thought, well, let's uh, let's do a bit of an experiment. And so I bought some kegs and I went down and brewed in Wollongong, yep. Illawarra yep. Brewery, because their yep. beers were tasting good and they had some space. Yep. And, you know, 23 kegs in the first batch and went to three pubs and sold it and was working at the Albion part-time as well. So put it in there obviously and the Burwood and Silo and then the Albion sold a keg a day for nine days hmm. so yeah within 10 days half the batch had gone I was like, <laughs> wow. so, and I had to brew a double batch and then so, yeah, yeah it's just grown from there so that surpassed your expectations about how quickly people were loving it uh, yeah look there's a bit of a look it was a bit of a, you know a lot of the people the, my, my, my bar staff the bar staff I was working with when I wasn't there they were, oh this is Lockie's mm. but you know Lockie's yeah, nice. so yeah, cool. but I mean look yeah, that was the sneaky one so yeah, yeah it cool. was uh, I just wanted to make a good, easy drinking, approachable beer that a lot of people can drink, um, and and a lot of four point two percent. So, um, yeah, so that that was my first beer, and I didn't release another beer for six months. So nice. I've done it slowly, and yeah, yeah. I feel like you have a lot of fun with the titles yeah. of the beers, yeah, um, definitely. And you're a very like laid back, um, like I guess Aussie larrikin style of guy, which I really, <laughs> I really like. Um, I feel like I feel like it's cool that. You know, you say you overanalyze your why, your purpose. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess your purpose is just to make good beer. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was, I was about to say, I, I think, <laughs> I think your why is just you like beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that's that. It can yeah. be as simple as that. That's very pure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like I do. I like beer and I like yeah. people, and I think the two yeah. go yeah. very well together. Yeah. Like it's a social yeah. drink, um, yeah. and um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, lately, particularly last eighteen months, the market's got very crowded with a lot of crazy beers and a lot mm. of yep, yep, yep. Uh, and that's great. Um, but I suppose, and I'll, you know, I'm happy to do all those crazy beers, and I've done a lot of crazy beers home brewing as well. But yeah, uh, for me, it's just like I just want to make beer that's quality, drinkable, and sessionable, um, yep. no matter what style, mm. uh, and just balanced. 
Yeah. Really mm. good. Just yeah. well-made beers. Yeah. Yeah. Beer that brings people together. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So, so explain to us a little bit around the idea of grain fed, um, because I'm, I'm the sure. The name that, itself? Yeah. Like, like what, what was the reasoning behind that? Yeah. Um, so like when I was, uh, like after I'd got my light, oh, well, I was driving the surf one morning just, and it just came to me, I was at the traffic lights and it just came to me, it was early, so six o'clock in the morning, I just thought, grain fed, you know, beer, beer is fed by grain. Um, yeah. It's the second biggest ingredient in beer after yep. water. Yeah. Um, it's sort of, I suppose it's sort of a bit. Um, uh, look, the, all the ingredients we use are agricultural, yeah. you know. So, yeah. um, w- grain, hops are grown, grown agriculturally, and yeasts obviously grown, grown in labs and whatever. But um, yep. the, the main two, the big two ingredients are grain and hops, and they're yeah. both yeah. they're both an agricultural product. So, yep. we're at the we're at the mercy of the elements, like much mm. like winemaking. Yeah, true. I suppose the difference between Brewers and winemakers. A lot of winemakers grow their own grapes, as well yes. as we yeah. get ingredients from mm, sure. from suppliers. So sure. yeah, yeah. Um, so to me, I look at wine grow winemakers, and I think a lot of them actually. Well, they, they say them themselves. Yeah. We're just farmers that produce uh, produce wine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're at the mercy of that. Hence, so yeah, hence beer farmer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, and I just thought, well, beer's fed by grain and grain yeah. fed. You know, beautiful. Uh, you were saying off air it doesn't have the same uh, yeast <laughs> yeast fed doesn't have the or same ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> or hop fed yeah yeah which uh, yeah you're very right about that mm, yeah. I think in Australia in particular I mean the idea of grain in beer is is very undersold as well yeah yeah um, it's all about the hops yeah yeah, yeah it is yeah. all about the hops yeah um, so um, and I, I don't mean, think that's I think that's probably um, worldwide like i don't think yeah it's unique to australia other than perhaps like i don't know germany like they're very yeah. they're very proud of their wheat yeah. beer yeah. over there um yeah. for some reason and some of the best beers i've ever tasted were in germany and they were wheat yep. beers yep. so in like a one of their yep. their beer halls yep. over there so. well that was my epiphany beer was um uh in munich schneiderweiss yeah yeah you're so, a epiphany beer yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah I, was <laughs> I love like it 19 uh and traveling in um europe and my mum had died and my dad said to me look i'll come over and we'll go traveling around europe and eastern europe for for a month i said all right yeah, well. so we me and my girlfriend english girlfriend were in genoa in italy and we caught the train up to munich we were going to go over to prague and dad flew into munich so when we got there we had about a three hour wait before our train to go to prague and so we went to this beer hall off the and that Oktoberfest was happening at the time. Yeah, right, right. What a time to be able to just yeah. rock up. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I went to, this, went to this, this tavern off the main, and I just said, look, three beers, and she brought it over, and I was just in this sexy glass, like tall, sexy glass. I was like, what? And it was hazy, and it was foamy, and I was like, well, you know, this is coming from like, a, you know, 20 year old VB drinking Australian, <laughs> you know, and I just went, Whoa, what is that? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, definitely. we just, yeah, we had smashed about three or four of them before nice. we got on the train. It was just like, Wow, that's an amazing. And then it just, yep. so we went to Prague, and then that was just oh, like, Oh, off we and go. to the next beer capital. Yeah. <laughs> so, they drink one like, type of beer yeah, in the whole and then city. <laughs> that's pretty much what set me off. And then, yeah, 23, I was at uni in Wagga and then started homebrewing. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. There you go. So you, you've just poured us another beer. Yeah. Mm. Well, what are we drinking now? So this is sneaky one. So sneaky this one. was actually, funnily enough, this was going to be a German wheat beer. Yeah, right. Um, okay. But I spoke to my good mate Richard from Benspoke. Uh, he came up yeah, here from right. Newcastle. That was our, our our beer of the year last year yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We never spoken to them, but uh, so yeah. So Rich was up here, <laughs> sitting right there, actually, at that table yeah, where right. you guys are, and. Right. I showed him, I gave him the pilot batch before I was going to brew it, and he said, okay. "Oh, so he'd been at the Wigan Pen Brew Pub. I think he was still at the time actually when he was here. It was Newcastle Craft Beer Week, so it was probably 2013, maybe. No, it wasn't. It was 2012, so he was still at yeah. Wigan Pen. Hmm. And he, they, he brewed like you know he's brewed like 50 different styles of beer a year. Yeah, it's right. a 500 liter system, and um, he just said to me, look." It's a great beer, great wheat beer, but wheat beers don't sell. Mm. He said in Australia, it, people love them or they hate them. There's no, nothing in between. He said, just lighten it up a bit, back off the clovey banana aroma. Yeah, okay. So use more neutral yeast. So yeah. that's what I did. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that 30, is a beautiful beer. It's 30% wheat. It's uh, 70% Australian Pilsner malt, um, both Australian malts. And then 
yeah, look pretty subtle. It's just uh, mm. German, uh, a Kiwi hop called Pacifica, which was a which is a European based derived from Hallertau, which is a German based. Mm. Hop. Yeah, right. Okay. And then another hop. I had an Australian hop in there called Tetna uh, Summer, yep. which was um, a Czech SARS based clone, mm. and they got rid of it. So I've had to use uh, German Tetning, which is pretty similar. So wow. yeah, and then used a couple of different yeasts, blend some yeasts to get it really unique yeast character so 4.2 percent you know not very bitter and just 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 want to make a beer that was mm. really drinkable and yep. and you know you get out of the out of the surf or you're sitting on the water at down in newcastle and yes. you're just having a beer and i actually feel like um a beer you don't really need to think about yeah mm. yeah for sure a bit of like a smell of salt in the air would mm, yeah. uh, go, goes well with this yeah. beer you, you, you're putting that imagery and yeah uh, sense it's it there with some hot there. chips Hot chips, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some hot chips. Mm. No, honestly, this is a beautiful looking beer. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like that process is, is pretty exhaustive for you to actually like. You're obviously testing a lot of different ingredients there and blending oh, yeah. and, and yeah. experimenting. Yeah. How many how many batches? Yeah, so you sort of how make? long? Because you said this was your first yep. one that you you produced. Yep, a lot of. Yep. Um. So, how long did it take you to then decide to just, all right, this is the one I'm doing. I'm going for it. Did, was it um, a couple of years of fiddling and playing with no, things? No, not really. Just- I mean, I've been home, I've been home brewing for uh, nearly since '93. So mm. I've, I never stopped home brewing. So I have, I've got a little 50 liter homebrew system out in the side shed there, and mm. um, that I've got made up by a stainless welder and. Um, I was knocking out beers there. So you get a pretty good idea of ingredients and what they do and what they bring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is pretty close to the original recipe from eight years ago. I've, mm. I've tweaked it a little bit, but mainly yeah, because right. of uh, ingredient changes and supply, you know, like obviously the summer hop um, change. And I was just like, well, okay, well, I've got to get a hop very similar to, to mm. that hop. So, and that sort of taught me as well not to base my beers on one ingredient. Yeah. Mm. I remember James True. Squire came unstuck because their golden ale was based on a hop from America called Amarillo. Right. Um, and then and then one year the Amarillo crop was like yeah. halved yeah, and then all the American right. brewers took it up and they couldn't get any. So Yeah, right. So, so they basically couldn't brew that one. Well, <laughs> no. yeah. So, big, so the, 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 no. fla- the hop aroma and flavor profile of that beer changed because yeah. they couldn't get that ingredient. So... You've got to adapt, and you've got to change, be able to change, you know, with what's available as well. But, mm. Um, mm. but this beer again, it's probably, I would say, a lot of beers are hop driven, some are malt driven. I'd probably say this is a combination of really of malt and yeast, where the hops are pretty much in the background, and they're just a bit of a spice that adds mm. some good good aroma and, and flavour to it. So it was a pretty quick, not quick, but you kind of knew what you wanted. And then you just decided, all right, I'm I'm going to do this. Yeah. And you just yeah. went out and said, you said you went down to Illawarra yeah. Brewery and just yeah. started. And weirdly, I couldn't get the, I, I, I couldn't, I went to order the yeast and I couldn't, it wasn't available. Mm. So, so I had to, I was using a liquid yeast mm. and then I went, oh shit. You know, so I rang the guys at Illawarra and I said, what, you, what yeast have you got down there? And they said, oh, we've got powdered yeast. And I was like, have you got this and this? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, let's just chuck them together. And they're like, really? Are you sure about that? And I'm like, Yep, let's do that. <laughs> and, I, and I was came out. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty good." And that's how it stayed. Oh wow! So I've blended two yeasts, which is not very common. Yeah, right. Game. Yeah. yeah. So because for the fear of one yeast taking over the other. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, mm. so, Battle of the yeasts. Yeah. So you you took what you what you brewed, and you, you said you went to a few local pubs and things, and, and sold yeah. them around here, yeah. and, and they were saying, "Oh, this is Lockie's beer," you know, yeah. buy some beer. Yeah. Yeah. How? And you said it was six months before you brewed your, your second. Yeah. Your second one. Yeah. Um, so, what was the process from there? Were you like, we, when you started selling them, were you thinking, okay, well, I, I've got something here. I think people seem yeah, to like yeah. it. I, yeah. I want to continue this. Well, what happened then? Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, obviously, as I got more beer, I went out to mm. a few more venues. So, my my aim was always was never to let the venues that I was I was, I was dealing with have run out of beer. Yeah. Mm. But that was in the day where there was a little bit of loyalty from venues and there wasn't as much competition. So there's right. about 180 breweries in Australia then. Yeah. There's now about 730. Well, I, I think I... So that's eight years. It's quadrupled, essentially. I vaguely remember hearing as well that at certain venues, you know, if, if you're getting supplied by one of the big yeah. companies, that yeah. they say, all right, well, if you've got 10 taps, eight of them are ours yeah. and you can do whatever you want yeah. with the other two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, it, obviously, there's a lot of competition for the little space that isn't taken up yeah. by, say, these bigger companies. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, 
and I, look, I'm not, you know, I'm, I never take it for granted. I've got a, I've got a long term relationships with a lot of the venues locally. And yeah. I haven't really ventured too far out of Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and and locally, so no, there's obviously massive scope in other areas. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough out there. It's it's mm. busy. It's busy, and then a lot of you know brewers go, oh yeah, how can, you know, this is the, the thing that I'm seeing a lot is all these guys want to get involved in brewing, and mm. they've never done it before, and they're like, how hard can it be, you know? Like, yeah, oh, come on, we'll, we'll, I got a Sounds mate, hard, four yeah. of us. <laughs> you know, one's a home brewer, and yeah. one's a one's been in sales, and one's been in marketing, and yeah. let's go, and it's tough. Like it's a tough yeah. space because because what. I suppose a lot of industries have it. Is you have two major major companies that mm. control it, and they control the taps. Yeah, like they they go into to, to bars or mm. pubs and say, "We will give you fifty thousand dollars. We'll put in a new tap system for you." But wow. the deal is, you've got to have our seventy eighty percent of the taps have got to be ours for yeah. five years. Yeah, Jeez. and we'll give you a rebate, and we'll give you, you know. All the, all these, and we'll take mm. you to America on a trip, mm. skiing trip or whatever, yeah. else, whatever they do. I don't know. Take them on a boat somewhere. I don't know. Mm. Doesn't seem legal. Like I've got a. I, you know, I don't think it's. I, I, I don't yeah. think it is legal. But bit of a monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I so I met a guy from New Zealand. I was over there on a Bucks trip, and um, he works for DB. Yep. We're a pretty yeah, big company over there. Too. So yeah. they're the same in there. Line and DB. Okay. The Line and DB. Yeah. Um. Yeah. His job. His whole job is to audit, uh, bub, pars and bub. Pubs and bars. Yeah. <laughs> this beer yeah, pubs and bars. straight to the head. <laughs> I'm blowing um, the wine. With <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's making sure that uh, they're not buying beer from uh, Dan Murphy's or like another yeah. source. Yeah, right. And that they're buying them directly mm, from yeah. the supplier because yeah. potentially they could actually get it cheaper from other yep, sources. they can. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. They're, they're actually making sure that they're not skipping out mm. um, on buying it from uh, the direct source. I'd imagine though with a change in um, consumer demand for these craft beers and these yep. different types of beers, you know, yep. people aren't drinking new and VB as much as they might have been. They might be looking for, all right, I'm going to drink some of these smaller brewery beers. Yeah. Um, I suppose what happens then is that these big companies just end up buying the small breweries and mm. running their brands. Yeah, look, and they have done. And yeah. in the past, they used to buy them and squash them, but now they've realised yeah, right. realized that um, there's value in what they're buying. Yeah. yeah. And they just let the founders run it as they were having it and mm. they've got you know access to capital and marketing and yeah. uh, all, this, all the advantages that big 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 breweries bring them yeah um so but i think i think the big two have probably bought pretty well for the last uh, you know last five to six years you know there's been some pretty big acquisitions and mm. and, and and a lot of guys come into it particularly oh mate what we'll do is we'll go in and the big guys are buyers it's mm. just no they compete there's 700 if there's 730 people 30 businesses are looking at that angle mm. then it's not going to happen That's yeah, so, exactly yeah. So what you got to do is you got to have national national um, distribution. You got to be annoying enough that you've got some volume. Yeah. yeah. You've got to have good marketing. You got to have good social media presence. You got to have obviously a good product. Mm. Um, and then and then they'll you know so you know the big four the big two have bought a Mountain Goat mm. with the first one of the first to go yeah, and Goat. then mm. um, obviously Bolter. Four Pines, Feral. Yep. So all the Stone bigger. Stonewood? No, Stonewood. Iron Jack, I think I might have heard. Maybe. No, Iron Jack was a... Yeah. That was a, that was a brand that they just made. Yeah, yeah right. They yeah. just made that up. So, um, yeah. but then, look, you know, so a, a brewery up in Brisbane called Be uh, Green Beacon was bought as well. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so, so... So it does happen, it but, but well. when there is 700, as you said, it's not that yeah. often. So no. how do you then differentiate yourself? Um, when when there is Million such a saturated mar market, I yeah. know when we spoke to uh, in in a previous episode, Margin Wines, they were saying yeah. it's all about the brand and all yeah. about you know having that customer to brand relationship. Is it the yeah. same kind of thing in beer? Is it is it very much you know people have an attachment to your product because it is a brewery in Newcastle and and they're with Newcastle. Obviously. Well, look, that's the hope. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, I've probably built. Uh, a lot of my I suppose a lot of my market I mean that's what I'm going to work on next marketing but a lot of my mm. marketing is really the fact that I'm my marketing is going to venues and talking to them and talking yeah, to nice. their staff and giving yeah. them training yeah. and yeah. Um, so 
you know, so my business sells wholesale to to retail businesses, but mm. then so I've got that customer, but then I've also got their customers yeah. to try and engage with as well. So, yeah. um, that's a hard thing to do um, when you're running a business by yourself and you don't have expertise in marketing, right? Yeah, so, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so I look, I'm just juggling all the balls, just yeah. <laughs> giving it a crack, and then yeah. yeah. It's, I'm waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder and yeah. tell me, look, come on, mate. It's time to, it's all over. <laughs> you've, you've done a good, good you've had a good eight years, you know, come I, on. I think you're right. Like kind of doing a lot of a lot of things can be a really good, oh. but I mean, it wears you down. Big time. What are you, what are your biggest, what have been the biggest challenges over the journey so far? Um, in running your own uh, Look, probably, d- uh, so the first thing I, as I said to you before, I got involved with the business center from the start. Yeah, like yeah. a business center eight years ago when I started, and I still use them today. I've got a mentor that that's I still brilliant. use. Yeah, um, and that's been a massive, massive yep. because it's just got you get someone to bounce inf- bounce off. Mm. Absolutely, and that's what you need when you're running a business by yourself because you're wearing a million hats and you you, sit, you can sit here and go, well, what the hell, you know, what am I doing? You know, I've got no idea. And then you ring someone up and go, mate, what do you think about this? And they go, yeah, this, that, and the other. And, and mm. in the past, we've, I've got a couple of clients that do this, this, and this. Why don't you try that? So that's yeah. really, really good. But yeah, um, sometimes even like discussing your problems with someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You answer the problem yourself when you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you start to say the sentence, you're like, ah, yeah. well, that's what I don't know what I need to do here. I did that the other day, actually. I spoke to my mentor and I said, and he told me this stuff and I said, I said, Mike, basically you're there just to tell me what I already know. And he said, exactly. <laughs> he said, but you've got to get it out there and tell me what you don't know to realise what you do it. Yeah. You do know. Yeah. yeah. And I said, yes. And he said, you know, it's the same when I was running businesses, whatever. So. Yeah. Well, generally, you know all the answers and you just kind of need to yeah, you just need uh, extract a bit of, it. I think you just need a bit of uh, a bit of backup and a bit of confidence that you're actually doing. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, look, marketing is going to be the next thing. Distribution. Yeah. Um, more so deliveries. Mm. Oh, I, I had a. Yeah. I was okay. delivering, you know, in my family Tarago. Um, <laughs> after, after that was. You, you want a little bit more? No, no, that's fine. Yeah. After, um, when I started delivering sort of ten kegs in a bat in a day, um, the back wheels were sort of. <laughs> on, on the bumper bar. I was like, maybe it's time to get a bigger van. So, yeah. <laughs> so I got that transporter, and then. And then it came to me one day, I was like, well, if I drop a keg on my foot, my business is stuffed because yeah. I can't go and see customers. Yeah, yeah. very true. So very then true. I, um, I've, always cold, I've always cold stored my beer. I used to cold store it in a, in a hired cold storage in Carrington. I used to go yeah. over there and have to move it all around myself. Mm. Yeah. And then I found these guys, Global Transport, and they said, yeah, yeah, we've got you know cold storage and we can deliver it and we can pick up your empty kegs. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, but <laughs> take my <laughs> money. <laughs> so yeah, so um, that's what I do now. So you wish you did you wish you found that earlier? Or uh, I found that about four years ago, and that was probably the best thing I've ever did because yeah, it freed right, yeah. me up, freed up time because it was taking me half an hour to do a keg drop off for yeah. two kegs because it was a sales call, it was an yeah. empty pickup, yeah. it was a delivery. So yeah. it was three things in one, which yeah. is great for building up relationships. Yeah, true, but true. to grow it. It restricts you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is a common tale for, for business owners that you know you're you go in because you love doing something, and then mm. what you find is you ha- end up doing ten different things. Yep. And what you have to figure out qu- pretty quickly is all right. Well, what of those things can I give to someone else yep, to do so I can focus on what is going to be the actual driver of my business? Yep. So if, if I can outsource my storage and delivery, brilliant. Yep. I can yep. do that, and I can focus on making more beer and. Yep you know, delivering more value to my customers. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a that's a common tale among almost every business. Yeah. And look, luckily they've got distribution as well. So they, and they, yeah, their brilliant. sales manager came to me one day and said, mate, can we sell your beers? And I said, well, sure. He said, look, they're already here in the cold room. We, we can just pull them out and deliver them to customers. I said, well, that's fine. As long as you don't, we don't cross over, or, you know, you don't go to existing venues that I've got. Yeah. yeah. Which they do anyway, but. Mm. I said no, no, it's fine. So, that, and that's—I mean, they haven't—you know—they haven't sold heaps, and I haven't pushed it that hard. But, mm. and that's—that's that's probably another way forward as well to get. Yeah, true. Because at the end of the day, just wholesale is a volume goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, what, what have you just poured us? Um, so I've just poured Well Red. So this is love uh, the name of that. Yeah, Well Red. Well Red. R E D. Yeah. R E D. Yep. <laughs> um, a hoppy red ale. So four point nine percent American style red ale. Mm. Um, 
I did have an red IPA that was 6% and one of the publicans I dealt with said, oh, look, I said, oh, you want another keg of it? He said, oh, look, it's 6%, you know, can you do something a bit lighter? And so he said, they like the flavour, but they don't like the booze. So I said, all right, well, so I've made this 4.9%. Mm. Um, yeah. It's very hoppy, I mean, actually. Like, it's quite... This is the one, you're, you're absolutely right there because I, I actually do like the flavour of these beers, mm. but I spent one night drinking these all night and I was toast. Mm. <laughs> and the next day, it didn't smell very good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, use a lot of um, some red malts and some caramel malts to get that. Um, so, again, quite malty in the back end, but hoppy up front. So, um, again, the, the key to these beers is getting that colour right, which is the real the hard part because you've just got to... Use the perfect amount of red malts and mm. to be able to deliver that colour. Yeah, right. Um, okay. So that's a balancing act. Yeah, it's totally a balancing act. So, and it's quite a lot of hopping. It's a pretty hoppy beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, balance. You've got to, you've got to have that malt to back up the hop. Yeah. Otherwise, it just becomes really astringent and, yeah. and dry. Yeah. No, I'd say that's like, like that. one of the most easy drinking like red ales I've, mm. I've tasted. Some of them are just too. Yeah. It's too much. Too, too much. Yeah. I think the the one thing I have noticed with everyone that we've had so far is that they basically stick to what you've said, an easy drinking beer that's going to you yeah. know bring people together. I could yeah. I could see standing around with people having a drink. Yeah, yeah. These that's, beers. That's a big comment from Dan. From Dan, not, not really a, a drinker. drinker. Yeah. Uh, at my at my bucks party years ago, Dan lost uh, a game of ping pong to me, and as a consequence. We taped VBs to his hands uh, <laughs> that he had to drink each day of this three-day event before he could do anything. What a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was great. One game of ping pong. Yeah, well, it, it was, was several. several. <laughs> <laughs> it was Best a tournament. Three. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. That's what we refer to as the mega challenge in the yeah. office. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it comes with a very big punishment. Great. But, um, uh, so, uh, some of the other challenges I'm sure like brewers perhaps must face are like, like the capital that's required yeah. in your business. Yeah. Yeah, so look, look, my end game, I mean, my, my ultimate thing is to always, I, I don't have my own equipment, so I use other people's equipment, so I sort of rent space in, yep. in breweries, um, and which has worked well. And, yeah. and I was about to, you know, borrow a ridiculous amount of money and mm. do, do that whole thing pre-COVID, and mm. some lawyers held me up. Um, yeah, right. I was complaining to my wife, like, bloody lawyers, they're so slow. I just want to get this thing going. And COVID hit, and I was like, oh, thank God the lawyer was slow. Happened for best, best money I've ever spent. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, look, that, you know, I just thought, I've got, you know, there's a whole lot of capital would have been tied up. Um, yeah. uh, look, you know, repayments, rent, all yeah. that leasing, all that stuff. I was just like, whew, I've massive, dodged a massive bullet there. And I'm yeah. sort of waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone's like, oh, the economy's good, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think March, come March. Like, you've got to think of it as a businessman as well. So, business person, because what's yeah. going to happen when the JobKeeper stops, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the job keep, and job seekers wound back. Mm. I, think, I, I think everyone's talking it up, but... I think you know. I think we've got to wait and see. Yeah. Next, yeah. next May June is going to be sure. a telling time. It is yeah. uncertain at the moment. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a bit of uncertainty around what's going to happen in yeah. there. But I think the smart thing that that what you're currently doing is is that you're turning what would normally be your fixed costs, which would be yeah. you know repayments on yeah. on units and, yeah. and things like that, to yeah. variable costs, where you're just paying per batch that you do yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yes yeah. yeah, so I think that that will work when there is such uncertainty but you are paying a higher percentage yeah, than a premium, you would with, at, at a volume higher. if you were making much higher yeah, yeah so I mean I know the costs if mm. I had my own equipment and, and the cash flow benefits mm. and the tax benefits mm. as well mm. so there's massive massive upsides to having your own equipment yeah because um, you said, but, I mean, you said I've earlier got, like you have to put put down a lot of cash when yeah, you make yeah. Your order. so I've got to pay for the batch um, sell the beer, get yeah. the money back from the customer to put, you know. Yeah. So it's That's an ongoing, it's a juggle. Period yeah. of time to catch um, But yeah. I've been going for eight years, so I've got that, I think I've got that pretty much down yeah. pat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, um, to have your own stuff and, and to have the ability to have people come into uh, your own brewery with a bar yeah. and have, yeah. that, yeah. have that retail dollar as well. Cost to retail over your mm. bar is massive. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're selling a, schooner of beer for nine bucks and I know yeah. how much a schooner of beer costs and its margins are pretty damn good but yeah, obviously yeah. there's a cost involved in all that stuff yeah, and absolutely. rent and yeah. repayments and blah mm. blah but yeah. you know I, I, I'd be you know I, I see these guys 
starting up from scratch with all that expense yeah. and i just go wow you know like that's, that's to me i look at it and go it? it's risky because yeah you don't have a market yet yeah you know true. you're unproven and you, so you've got to suck up a lot of money and mm. use a lot of capital to keep that business going yep. until you get on your feet till mm, you get yeah. to a break-even point so yeah i'm i suppose the beauty of my model at the moment is that i've got existing customer base i'm doing you know uh probably 55 60,000 litres I'll do this year so I've already got yeah. so as soon as I get some equipment I've got instantly True. two brews a week yeah. True. into my system yeah so I don't, I'm not even that's before I start like yeah, that's before that's I have brilliant. people come in the door you know yeah. so that's just trade yep so you've got a floor under your feet as soon as pretty you much so yeah. I mean that's you know the longer I go on the less risky it is yeah mm. yep. um, but, but now there's a situation where there's I've got to find the right space and there's no I was thinking, oh, everyone's going to, no one will be getting into commercial real estate. No way. And, you know, yeah. all, these, all these warehouses I look at snapped up. Like, oh my God, what's That's really on? interesting. That's Locally. really interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Wow. Locally. It's really? like, I think the Newcastle economy has been that, There was okay. a time, vibrant. I swear, not that long ago, where yeah. you drive into Newcastle oh. and every second place was kind of... Felice or... Yeah, Felice or, you know, well, closing I mean, I, down. I'm or? probably in the, in the size of space that I need, right? Yeah. You know, the four, four to 600 square warehouse. Yeah. That's, they're not cheap. They're not no, they're not cheap. And they're not... They're not, not cheap. Uh, and they seem to be snapped up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great so, that the, Yeah, things... I are, mean, the, the other drama is that you, you need a lease-free period before you start, but the DA process is taking three months longer than the lease period. They're willing to give you yeah. lease-free period. So, <laughs> so, you, so you end up and paying. And you can't the, tell them, you know, you go, well, I, I'll sign the lease on a DA approval, but the, le- the, the, the six-month lease-free period they've given you, the DA approval is taking nine. Yeah. So that's all <laughs> asked about. Like, it's all. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's challenges with your premises. There's challenges yeah. with. It, it's a very. It's not an easy business, but it does. It's very romantic. It seems like. And that's just, the problem. Yeah. A lot of people. There's mm-hmm. a lot of romance attached to it, and people come in. And, and and as I said, you know, the guys. People have approached me in the last three weeks. Two, three different sets of people approached me in the last three weeks, and I go, well, you know, I just, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put them off, but I want to kill the romance quickly because yeah. I yeah. go guys this is I'll, I'll tell you the reality this is the reality and I don't want to be negative and I don't yeah. you know we there's, there's one of them potentially that we, they could work mm. but also I think people will need to bring if if, I'm, if anyone's going to get involved what I just say to them what skill do you bring yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. What do you, you bring? Yeah. do you know any publicans <laughs> are you a publican do you, do you have any pubs do you have any way we can get volume through do you own any bottle shops do you mm. have marketing experience do you have yeah. all the things that I don't have you know they like, say nah I want to make beer it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not say, well, I already do that yeah, yeah. 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 Co- I just want to tell people I'm a co-owner of a brewery but, uh, and like you know sometimes I think oh, I'm just a, I'm being a bit grumpy but I'm probably just being a realist you know? yeah I think you are being a realist and it comes back to what we said in the start I mean you came into this business eyes wide open because yeah. you'd already worked in the industry yeah you, you knew the ups and downs of the yeah. industry um, and so your purpose was still you just love making beer you like yeah. making it good yeah. easy to drink enjoyable beer that's that's what you yeah. get kicks out of yeah it's not the whole concept of I own a beer company yeah yeah, yeah. I, I look I, I really I I'll add to that I really enjoy the process of getting yeah, four right. ingredients and turning into something that you can hold up at the end of the day and go that mm. is fucking great that's I awesome. made it yeah, you know, yeah. Like, that's cool you know, I put all this stuff in a tank and it came out like that. How good's that? That's you know? cool. Yeah, that's very cool. So I like it. Um, that that's probably another big part of it as well. Yeah, so, that's really cool. So you touched on something there that's that's quite interesting. I mean, um, the future. Um, yeah. It's, I guess, you've got a few interested parties that want to like partner with you. Um, you're growing. I mean, uh, through COVID, it's been an interesting time as well. I yeah. think people are drinking more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> yeah. you said you, you're actually running low on stock at the moment before we yeah, hit record. Look, um, look, pre-COVID, I was a 90% draft on draft business, so on tap. So 90% of my beer I sold in kegs to venues. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which was working well for me. And then COVID hit, um, and I had one of my f- six beers in can. And which is okay, and then I was like, all the bottle shops like, yeah, when are you doing more beer? And I'm like, mm. uh, okay. 
Um, <laughs> so then I bought, I had this red ale and it was actually due to be kegged. And the brewery hanged me up and said, right, we're ready to go with it. And I went, oh, can you put it in cans? And they said, well, have you got a label? And I went, no. Just yeah. <laughs> luckily it's, puts in a silver can and then we label it yeah that's, so i said just put really it in cool. cans yeah. and i'll get the label in a couple of weeks just keep it cold or something yeah no worries so i canned <laughs> it all kept stayed cold and then the label turned up and then i didn't even realize you know with labeling barcodes and oh, and um <laughs> legal stuff the reef 10 percent 10 cent refund and the, and the alcohol and all the stuff you got to put on it and then you got a massive job then you got to register for the container deposit scheme oh of course i was like what i said just <laughs> want to get beer in cans and sell it you know so <laughs> yeah. um so i look i did that and then look after you after you do it once it becomes easier yeah yeah um so yeah now i've got um so in you know at the end of march i had one beer in cans it's now uh start of november i had four beers in cans so yeah, and wow. what what it, what it does is if you're in uh, this stuff and other stuff, I don't realize. Thing I didn't realize is, if you have one can in a bottle shop, when something else comes along, they move it to another space, so yeah, it gets moved around. Right. The one can gets right. moved all over yeah. that bottle shop shelf, sure, mm. um, in the fridges. So people that bought it last week come back to the same spot and go, "Oh, it's not God. there. Oh, it must have <laughs> sold out. Yeah, I'll get something else." Right. Right. So right. when you have four beers in cans, it takes up a shelf and they yeah. don't move it. Yeah. So what happens is that. Each can sells each other. <laughs> sells it. So they said, "That's great. That's thank you on selling better than it ever has because there's three beers next to it." Yeah, that's fantastic. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. So, um, jeez, you, you, all this stuff you don't realize. There's so much to learn. Oh, I mean, yeah. This is so, the beauty of the way you're doing it in terms of, I suppose, that low risk approach of like slow growth, sustain sustainability. As yeah. well in yeah. what you're doing, yeah. um, you yeah. get to learn these things. We're very much about sustainable business and sustainable growth, and that can mean a number of things. It can mean both like environmentally sustainable, but it also just yeah. means financially sustainable. So something that we're often talking about is is growth sustainably. So that's growing at a rate that you know you're not going to be super capital heavy straight up, and yeah. you know, or you're growing way too fast to to meet what you need to do. So. Well, that's that sounds like kind of what you've been to doing. To me, that, that's stressful, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. This business is stressful enough to have then all that on top of it. Yeah. You, uh, look, if you've got three partners and you've all chipped in the same amount, then mm. I suppose the stress is divided. But mm. um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, look, I'm, I'm very conscious of, of environmental sustainability, but mm. that's why I wanted, I kept beer in kegs as long as I could because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a you, you, it goes to the pub, it gets poured into glasses, which get washed and reused. Mm. Yeah, the really. keg's finished, it gets reused, we get clean it, sterilise yeah, awesome. it, mm. fill it with new beer, mm. and that keg just keeps coming back and back and back. So yeah. once I buy the kegs, they get used over, you know, mm. 20, 30-year lifespan. So yeah. um, cans, obviously, um, yeah, five, six years ago, if you'd said to someone, I'm going to put beer in cans, I'd be like, you're mad it won't sell. It's only cheap beer that gets in cans. So <laughs> yeah. the whole, the, in American, the American market proved that that wasn't the case. And then mm. a whole lot of small producers started making canning machines for small brewers that mm. could, you know, get their beer in a can quickly. So, you know, uh, lighter, lighter product, 98% recyclable um, and, and better for the beer because it's, it doesn't, you know, let light in and it doesn't let oxygen in so yeah. um it, like I, when i when i decided to do cans 18 months ago every bottle shop i spoke to said do not put beer in bottle this is no yeah, one's well, buying beer in yeah bottle. right i said honestly no one buys bottles i love cans so as a beer drinker yeah. and and yeah. uh yeah i i would say this was only three years ago yeah. I started openly declaring that my beer of choice was in cans yeah. and people were like what yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, well, I think, you know, the things like uh, your Corona bottles and things, everyone likes them because they look pretty, but uh, yeah, but Just because they're clear and see-through, the beer yeah. doesn't last as long, it, does, nah. it ch changes its flavor. <laughs> and I think yeah. you can appreciate this even as a child. Yeah. You crack uh, an icy cold can of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Compare that to the bottle. The bottle yeah. tastes different yeah. in, in another way, but yeah. um, it just doesn't compare to the, the can. So, so what are we drinking now? So now we're drinking uh, old school IPA. So um, a West Coast American style hoppy IPA. Mm. The reason it's called old school is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek dig at all the new 
um, IPAs that are coming out that are hazy and, and full of fruit. And yep. so this was just the, probably the original, obviously the original IPA came from England, but the American IPAs um, when the West Coast sort of started in 1975 with a, with, um, a beer called Liberty Ale from um, Anchor Brewing in San Francisco. Yeah. And then, um, a few, so they were using the hops that were grown in the West Coast of America in Washington, Idaho and, and Oregon State uh, and they were using same sort of malt base as the English IPAs but they were using American hops and they were more punchy and more fruit driven and um, more bitter. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of, and so I called it old school because for that very reason because it's, yeah, cool. you know, older style and a bit of tongue in cheek as well. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, explain to us a little bit about um, your approach to beer as well. So, you've been a beer judge. Yeah, uh, you, still you, am. You still yep. are? Yep. Yeah, cool. So, um, <laughs> how do you judge um, other people's beer? Like, what is your process? And then, how do you, do you ever, like, are you a harsh critic on your own beer oh, as all well? the time. <laughs> I'm just tasting this now going, oh, I just needs this and needs this. <laughs> so, these three beers, I put them in the... Um, Independent Brewers Association in indie beer mm. competition recently, and they got th- three beers in, so got three bronze. Which I was, people say, "Oh, that's awesome!" I'm like, no, it's not. I, want to, <laughs> oh, I think God. they're better than that. But anyway, so oh, look, I got the judges' comments back, so I know, you okay. know, I know I got to, I know what I've got to do. Mm. And I knew, I knew one of them had that issue anyway, but I put it in. And thought, look, I'll give it, you know. So okay. it's a, it's you know, a bronze to me means there's a bit of work to do. Yeah. Um, uh, I've never got gold, so that's the, the elusive gold. So okay. I'll get, yep. I'll get there. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah. But again, someone said to me, mate, once you get your own equipment, the sweetness of metals mm. becomes better mm. because you're brewing it's it true. all yourself. It's like your own gear. Yeah. You know, blah blah. Anyway, so um, so process is a yes. I do judge my own beers every day of the week. Yeah. Every time I drink, it's. I said to my um, head brewer at Blue Tongue about six months into working there in 2004 I said does it ever stop and he said never oh, shit <laughs> that's bad so you're constantly looking you know just trying to anyway, improve always trying to improve. improve the other day I was up that's the street that's a good message oh, the other day I was up the street and having uh, an IPA from another brewer and my IPA side by side and I was going oh that's heaps better than mine what have I got to do and thinking I know what I've got to do to make mine better so wow yeah so it's um so how, I, how look how you judge beer in competition is you get given a fifty to hundred mil sample in a glass. You don't know who made it. it just it's just in a style category. You've got the style yeah. guidelines. Yeah, okay. So yeah. generally you um, you swirl it around uh, yeah. to get the head up. Um, look at yeah, it okay. uh, to the light to see the clarity or how the beer looks. Yep. Smell it, um, and then from there you can pretty much got a pretty good indication of how it's going to taste yep. so then once you taste it you've got to swallow it around your tongue and swallow it and get the bitterness on the back of your palate yeah mm-hmm. so okay. and then judge it accordingly so let's give it a go alright swell swirling for those uh, listening so hold up a good swell it's, yeah, it's got a little, little bit of a haze Ooh, but not yeah. too bad which is allowable very in nice. this style like, would you say like I don't know very like amber colour or yeah copper copper yeah copper, copper. Like, like copper yeah. probably like copper um Give it a smell. Hop aroma coming through reasonably, reasonably well. Probably could do it and do with a little bit more hop aroma, which was what the judges said. <laughs> and I went, "Yep, okay, I know where I've got to put them." So, <laughs> right. and then yeah, uh, and then what you're looking for is the balance of malt and hops and how they integrate. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so on my palate, what what am I looking for? Am I uh, so bitterness that? That that stays around your tongue a bit and and, yeah. and dissipates slowly and then and at the back of your palate you're tasting I'm tasting a bit of malt. So I feel yeah, like I'm this true. one. Tell me if I'm completely wrong because I'm not a big beer drinker, but yeah. I feel like after I swallowed it, it did have a lingering yep. taste yeah, that kind of came back yep. onto my tongue. So lingering, you'll have a lingering bitterness from the amount of hop. There's yeah. a lot of hop in this beer. Yeah. Mm. So we talk about um, hops grams per litre. So the sneaky mm. one's got about. One gram per litre in 2,000 litre batch, maybe mm. two. Mm. Well not a red, lot of hops. The well red's tiny got five, mm. five grams per litre, yeah, the well right. red, and this has got uh, nine grams per litre. 
Yeah, right. It's amazing how little hops make such a big difference because yeah. a gram per liter, you know, a liter is a thousand grams. Yeah. There's only mm. one hop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a tiny amount. Yeah. So, so I mean, this in 2008, a batch, the, this IPA has got 18 kilograms mm. of hop. Yeah. Okay. So that's nine grams per liter. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 punchy, but it's just where where you put it, where you place the hops throughout the process that, that yeah, determines okay. how it, it comes out. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you put it all in early, it becomes really bitter. Yeah. If you put um, so I'm spacing them out. You know, start of the boil, end of the boil, whirlpool, which is the where you spin the spin the wort to um, get all the protein and the hops. Um, combined, so you're drawing mm. off the clear wort and then and then put it in also in the fermenter. Yeah, oh. wow, it's quite a process. I mean, yeah, where did is. you learn? What, so obviously, I mean, you learned this at university and then by working at Blue Tongue. Yeah. But yeah. do you feel like I mean, a great advertising thing for you to do could be even like a YouTube channel? Is there? Like, <laughs> are you, are you looking yeah, stuff up on YouTube? Or? Maybe. Yeah, probably. I think there's a space there for it. That many people are getting into home brew and yeah, not yeah. just the kits. Anymore. No, like they're, no, there's they're, a lot of all grain brewers. Yeah. Home brew shop up here at Islington yeah. is doing is going gangbusters. And yeah. they said they said during COVID, um, Christmas sort of numbers and then but a lot of people are buying equipment to make beer on. Yeah. And, um spending the money. Like yeah. whereas, you know, like the holiday was cancelled. Yeah. Um yes. they're not going overseas. No one's going overseas. And and you know, buy a stainless steel fermenter or some yeah. stainless steel equipment to make yeah. beer on yeah. properly at home. Yeah. So so what's what's next then for grain fed? Yeah. What, what, what's, um, what do you what, what do you eventually want? Yeah. What do you, what do you I want know you said to? before you were hoping to get a, a uh, your own place and yeah. and have a tasting place there and a bar in there. Yeah. Is, yeah, is, so, what kind of time frame are you hoping that to happen in? Um, well, I mean, if I, if I dropped a DA in tomorrow, it wouldn't be ready for nine months. But yeah. <laughs> so, I, I'm thinking uh, 12, 12, 12 to eighteen months away, and then yeah. um, up and running, and then um, have my own have my own tap room. People can come and drink the beers, have some food there, or a food truck, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously. Use that as a use that as a vehicle to then train, get local staff in from local um, venues, yeah, give them a day. Yeah, nice. All that sort of stuff. Marketing and, and, yeah. and create a bit of loyalty and create and and so when they're when they're in front of house and someone says, "What's a good local beer?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. in the front of their minds, like oh, I remember that time that they took me over to Grain Fed and they gave me pizza and they showed me the brewing process and we made yeah. a beer with them. Absolutely, giving them a story behind it. Yeah, associate yeah. so, yeah, so, a good time with that mm, taste. Yeah, and yeah. So I mean that there, and then and look, I, my my ultimate gut. Look, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the national brewer, and I'm like, do you realise how much money it costs to do that? Give mm. a rep with a car in every state. Yeah, and, and you know, like. It was a big country, yeah. And then distribution and transport is expensive in this country. Yeah. So, especially you said you were cold storage most yeah. of things. So if you've got to transport that across the country, you got to keep that cold yeah. across the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's expensive. So, yeah. yeah. Um, look, my aim is just to be um, the quali- the quality local um, and regional brewer, really, yeah, yeah. And, and be able to service north coast you know between here and the queensland border and yeah. maybe maybe down the central coast central coast has got a lot of people down there and then yep. mm. sydney's you know go go into certain areas in sydney and just you know yeah. don't go into six pubs in one suburb pick mm. a suburb and go look get a relationship with yeah. one pub here and the next suburb over or two suburbs yeah. over, get yeah, nice. bottle shops and that's so nice. just pick it out you know and mm. work with people that want to that understand what we're doing and yeah, then nice. and 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 no, no, it's good, and uh, and know that it's not everywhere. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that is something that I like about in looking at your can here. It says "Think local, drink local." Yeah, and that's that's great. We that's l- we love about. that. Yeah. Mm. Yep. That's something that we we've advocated as well. You know, we're yeah. trying to, to go and chat to all of our local businesses and see what's in our own backyard before yeah. we're looking at you know what's coming from elsewhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love that a big part of your plans is not just and then grow it and then sell it yeah. <laughs> to the, I mean, look, the biggest bidder. <laughs> well, look, if if someone comes along, look, you know, everyone will sell if it's the right money. That's but, right. Um, yeah. You got to get a, start you gotta, another you gotta, one. You got to get to that. Yeah, you got to get to that. Well, you know, there'll probably be some 
Or it's consult back. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's probably, there's usually, you know, non-compete clauses and whatever else. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got three sons, right? So <laughs> all of a sudden they're, they're, yeah. the, they're the directors of a brewery. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be the, consulting to, right? They'll yeah. be the director of your brewery soon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I think I'm, I'm, I would be happy to, to have a business that um, I could grow and get it humming that, I don't have to be there. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. make, maybe pop in a couple of days a week um, yeah. or just continue to be the face of that business and, and go out and see customers and trade and yeah. um, do events and whatever else. And then, you know, I, I think this everyone looks at the, at the breweries like, oh, you got to build it up and sell it. I'm like, why can't you just keep doing it? Or <laughs> just yeah, enjoy the fruits. Get to the point yeah. where, well, <laughs> if one of my sons wants to take it over, then do that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to push them to do it, but For sure. if they take an interest and then they can see obviously how well it's doing then Mm. just just do that i mean absolutely yeah you know there's there's businesses in the there's breweries in the uk and 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 even not so much america but the uk that have been family businesses have been going for like five five generations yeah that's awesome why can't you do that like Mm -hmm. you know why do you have to sell absolutely i think um i think that's a very good point and people don't stop to smell the roses people think of um more money yeah it's going to be better but yep. uh, it doesn't always work out that way. And in fact, sometimes you just get more fulfillment out of what you're doing. Yeah. And the actual yep. money that comes with it or yeah, the profit. I think so. So uh, that's I cool. mean, look, money, look, you know, I've, I've seen family situations and whatever else. So there's a lot, of, a lot of money. And it just, to me, it just, it can ruin a whole lot of things. And it's at, at what point, at what, per, what's the purpose of it? And, and yeah. at what point do you just go, well, enough's enough. And mm, true. you only need so much to live on. And mm-hmm. why be greedy? If, if I can, if I can make this business, um, continue to get this business growing where it's, it, it sustains me and my family and I can pay off my house and, you know, have a good, comfortable lifestyle and give back to the community because yeah. that's, that's another big thing. I'm a, yeah, right. I sponsor a couple of local footy clubs and, and, yeah, nice. and, that, and that's what I... Because I, I look at breweries like... The community halls disappeared from the Australian um, landscape. So, yeah. like, if you put a brewery in a suburb that, that, and that's yeah. essentially a community hall yeah. because people can come there, families can come there. Very true. Your beer, you know, beer's what they get when they get there and a good time and some pizza and whatever else. Yeah, but yeah. At the end of the day, if, if pe- bringing people back together, mm. particularly now, people are more removed from each other than they've ever been with phones, and, and Very they true. just sit on their phones and mm. they're totally disconnected. Absolutely, like, you're coming so, back to your purpose, yeah. bringing people together bringing with people yeah, good beer. I love, beer. It. I love yeah. the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty much in a nutshell. Well, in a big nutshell, what we're, what I'm about. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think what's what's really powerful about that is no matter what happens with the business you will be fulfilled as long as you are doing that. So, yeah. I mean, now obviously it helps if you can pay your bills. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's always but, pressure there. But, but, but like, it, it's, it staves you off from um, looking at, say, other beer companies or breweries and being like, I've just got to be better than them. No, you don't have to apart be like from, that. Apart just, from the taste of the beer, which of course yeah. you sound like you always want to be better than them. No. But, uh, <laughs> I always want I mean, to be like, better than me. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You, you, you're pretty much working on things that fulfill yeah. you and that you want to do. And I think that's a big lesson for anyone in business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. constant. And I think it's probably, oh, like I work with dad and, and um, for a long time in his business and he had advanced tree nursery and he was always about improving and making uh, that product better than, better than a better than competitors but better with every time and yeah, right. so he would then look talk to his staff and say if you guys can any any ideas that you've got that you can bring forth to help we'll try them out yeah. we'll trial it and if it works it works if it doesn't then doesn't, yeah. it's not, no nothing gain nothing nothing lost nothing gain so yeah um I, th- I think that probably follows through in a might you know we'll just try stuff out and mm. as a small business you're able to do that like I, that's what i when Blue Tongue got bought out by Coca-Cola and SAB Miller, I was like, oh, these corporate guys, you know, they're yeah. just, this was a classic thing, right? This guy came in and said, oh, mate, we want to do a pale ale. I said, yeah, let's, let's do a pale ale. Yep. I've been saying that for like two years. You know? <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, Ahead of its time. And he's, well. like, yeah, oh, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, okay, how, how soon can you get it up, up, up and running? I said, 21 days. He said, what? I said, I can have it, a pale ale ready for you in tank. In a can or in a bottle, twenty-one days. He goes. I said, "What about you?" He goes, 
oh, it'll take like, 26 weeks. I'm like, what? I'll get these focus groups. I was like, mate, fuck. Just release it. And if it doesn't work, we'll do another one. He's got to have 50 meetings before he can... man. I was just like, really? I said, are you kidding me? 26 weeks? I said, that's half a year. And he goes, yeah. And I said, wow, there you go. (laughs) Wow. I said I can actually get it ready for you in fourteen days if we if we want if you want to <laughs> add a push. I mean, I was yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was giving cl- myself time. Depends how clear you want it. <laughs> so amazing. I just it just like it just reiterated to me how slow those big businesses are. Mm. Like yeah, how, true. And that's the beauty of small of a small yep. business that you can yep. pivot. Uh, and if you've and if you've got people involved that um, know that, and if you've got people involved that can see opportunities, then you can just do stuff quickly, you know, yep. like, and that's, that's what I'm, I I'm cannot wait to do once I've got my own equipment, just yep. make, make a new beer every month. Yep. Yeah. Um, and if it, you know, if it, I can half of it, um, sell the other half through our venue and if it's popular, then do it mm. again. If it's Sounds not, awesome. then do something else. Yeah. Well, it's R&D. Yep. All right. Well, well, I think uh, we've probably. Yeah, I was just going to say I look forward to that. Our next yeah. episode will be at your venue. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we'll drink some, absolutely. some of those that, beers that you're plan. making. That'd be amazing. Don't pressure me. <laughs> well, look, I've had a great day just drinking these. Yeah, beers I really today, appreciate so. the beers. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for that. It's great yeah. to hear your story. Good how could people? How can people uh, order some of these delicious beverages? Ah, uh, look. Uh, so I'm pretty much just stocked locally at the moment. I don't mm. have a license to be able to sell online yet. Okay. I'm, get, I'm working on that, but um. Uh, lo- locally in Newcastle, there's um, probably about seven or eight, twelve maybe different bottle shops you can buy it in. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, be on my website and also not my website, um, Instagram and Facebook. Yep. Uh, cool. And then yeah, I'm tr- I'm working my way and getting down to your, your way down the central coast. Beautiful. And, and yeah. obviously a bit bit north as well. But awesome. again, stock stock's the issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, make sure you follow Grainfed Brewing Company yeah. on uh, on Instagram, and if you live locally in Newcastle, go out and buy some. Yeah, I'm sure they Cheers. know about it already. Yeah, I'm sure they know about it already. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, and we'll uh, chat to you later. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Cheers.